to have you here today. What a beautiful day it is. It's raining outside. We had our 8.30 service and the Holy Spirit moved in a powerful way. You know, we want our hearts to burn with a passion for Jesus Christ. It reminds me of the story when after Jesus' resurrection that he appears to his disciples on the road to Emmaus and they didn't recognize him. But what they did recognize was the burning within their hearts. They recognized the fire of God in their hearts. And that's when they realized it was Christ that was with them. And you know what? We want the embers of our heart to be inflamed, to rage with the fire of God. Jesus came to baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire. And we are people that will walk in that. And I want to encourage you today. Don't let the circumstances swirling around you. Don't let the script of the world try to defeat you. But really the power of God is with you. The Holy Spirit is in you. And this is a new season of the church of Jesus Christ walking in power and authority. Let's worship today. Let's have expectation today. Let's magnify the Lord today and, and worship him in spirit and in truth. Come on and worship with us today.
Sing this one more time.
land on this song for a little while because I feel like the Holy Spirit is here wherever you're at he is there and the Lord is presence is here to heal his presence is here to deliver his presence is here to increase your faith to believe him for victory I feel so strongly actually as I was just singing this song said Lord speak to me and the Lord says there's a new wind blowing there's a new wind blowing it's not just in our house of crossroads but there's a new wind blowing the Holy Spirit's wind is blowing through the nations through the nations I believe one of the greatest revivals is going to be birthed out of this pandemic season where people have had to go deeper in him where the people's faith have had to increase as I was praying the Lord reminded me of two incidents when he was on earth here and as he was going about his public ministry where he encountered a a man who had a son who had been possessed by a demon for years and years and years this demon would do many things to this son throwing him into the fire the man was at his wit's end the man was at the end of all the the things that he could do to try to help his son and so he comes to Jesus and he says, can you heal him? If you can heal him. And Jesus says, if I can, some of you have circumstances in your life right now where you maybe are a bit exhausted. Maybe all the, the things, the physical things around you are pointing at solutions that aren't working. They're not solutions. They're not working. And you've tried everything. Maybe it's for your son. Maybe it's for yourself. Maybe it's for your ministry. Maybe it's for a circumstance. Maybe for your church. Maybe for a friend. Whatever it may be. And you've come to have the idea that possibly Jesus isn't going to do anything about it. And you've gotten the mindset, if you can, Jesus... There's a question mark that you've put behind your sentence. If you can, Jesus, if you can. And Jesus is coming to you today and saying, really, if I can, if I can, if I can, may the first thing we deal with here today is your belief in me. Before we ever get to the result of your son being delivered and healed let's start with your belief in me let's start with the restoration of your faith in me because i can what may be impossible to man is possible with god i can do all things and the man replies to jesus i believe he actually cries out It's kind of like an explosion of his frustration or fears, kind of a breakthrough in his spirit because he cries out, scripture says, and says, he says, I believe, help my unbelief. And the son is delivered and healed. You know, Jesus is saying, you know, you're looking at 
all the circumstances. You're looking at the report of the world. You're looking at the naysayers. You're looking at this maybe constant increase of problems that our world is facing. The wars, the rumors of wars, the pandemic, the sickness, the disease. You're looking at those things, but you're not looking at me. And the Jesus is saying, look at me. Believe me, actually, there were some men in Scripture who looked at Jesus. They looked at Jesus from the rooftop because their problem wasn't if he could. Their problem was, let's get rid of this roof and lower down the paralyzed man. It's not if he can do it. It's just how will he do it? (laughs) That's what the Lord says. You know what? It's not if I'm going to intervene. I'm just going to show you a new way of how I'm going to intervene. The Lord has his how for you. He has his how he's going to intervene. Because I'm telling you, the Lord says, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. What is it? What is it that's in your life right now? What have you allowed? See, see, during this time, we've had vacuums created. Maybe vacuums because we can't go out. We can't be in community like we've done before. Vacuums of being engaging with our family like we used to. Vacuums of even provision because work. Maybe you don't work as much and you're isolated more. There's vacuums that are created. And the Lord says... I want to fill that vacuum with my presence. And it's not if I'm going to come in and heal you. It's not if I'm going to come in and meet you where you're at. It's how am I going to do it? Are you going to open up yourself? Are you going to rip off the ceiling of your house, of your spirit, and say, I welcome you. I welcome you. I welcome your supernatural power. Come on. Some of us, we're getting too, too, maybe controlling. Maybe we feel like we got to take our circumstances into our own hands. And the Lord says, no, release them to me. Let me in. Let me in. I'm doing a new thing. I'm the wind. The new wind is blowing. Let the new wind blow through that house. Let the Holy Spirit's power blow through your home. Let the Holy Spirit's power blow through your life. Let the Holy Spirit's healing flow blow through you let him empower you it is time to fix your eyes on me a new wind is blowing for those of you that have been in a pit of discouragement maybe you've suffered with depression maybe you've fed your depression maybe some of you I just get this sense it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me maybe You've become lazy, lazy in your life. Maybe you've let yourself go to pot. You know what I mean? Like let yourself, you know, I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not exercising. I'm not, you know, really feeding myself spiritually. Even the Lord is saying, let the new wind of my spirit blow today. 
today. Let's reverse this. The Lord is about the great reversal. It's time to reverse it. The enemy wants to bring you into a pit. The enemy wants to bring you into a prison. The enemy wants to cause you to live in a season and and actually in a destination of discouragement. And the Lord says, this is the great reversal. When we encounter Jesus, he gives us the great reversal. The paralytic walks. The blind man sees. The deaf ears hear. He's a great reversal. And he still does that. You say, well, my problems aren't as big as those. I'm going to tell you, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And if there's any area of your life that an enemy is trying to kill, steal, and destroy, don't let him do it. Jesus has paid. Jesus paid with his precious blood that you might have life and life abundantly in every area of your life. Don't you dare believe. Don't you dare believe what the enemy is telling you about your life. But receive the wind of the Spirit of God to blow. To blow. Right now, Holy Spirit. Wind of God, blow, blow, blow. You are the victorious one. You are the victorious one. Come on, right now. Healing come to the home. There's some of you, you're having such division in your home. You're having division in your marriage. You're having division with your children. Some of you are having division with your adult children. And the Lord says, my will is not for your house to be divided. My will is for your house to be united as one. My will is for my presence, the shalom, the peace of God to dwell in your home. For those of you that are listening right now and you say, yes, division has entered into my home. It's time to shut the door. Shut the door to division and open up the door to the shalom, to the peace of God, the peace of God, the unity of God, the prosperity of God wants to blow through your home, blow through your marriage, blow in your relationships with your children. Receive the word today. Receive his word today. Holy Spirit, you're blowing. Monsoon of the Holy Spirit. Rain of the Holy Spirit. The rain of the Holy Spirit is coming even into the desert places. Some of you are experiencing spiritual deserts in your life. You're saying, you know, I feel like I'm so isolated, like I'm on an island alone. And the Lord says, no, you shall not be on that island alone. I am sending the river of my Holy Spirit to you. You're going to feel my presence right now. Lord, we break off the desert. We break off the, the dryness, the spiritual dryness. Lord, we say, open the ears for people to hear your voice. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. Lord, we say over people, some of you are dealing with a need for healing touch. There are some of you listening right now that you have suffered long in disease. You have suffered long. And the Lord says, the new season upon you, the new season upon you for restoration, the new season upon you for healing to your body, that disease will be gone. That disease is leaving your body. In the name of Jesus, Jesus says, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the God who heals. A new thing, a new season. You have suffered long. 
you have suffered long like job you have suffered long but job's story does not end in suffering job's story ends in restoration job's story ends in prosperity in greater than he had ever had before and the lord says you have suffered long like job but the lord says the story is not over in your suffering but i am going to bring you in to restoration and redemption of what you've lost and even greater prosperity i declare that whoever that is for as you listen to this right now as you're watching right now the lord said receive the word of the lord i feel real strongly i receive the word of the lord in your life believe what the lord has said to you do not be double-minded believe stand on his word oh holy spirit Woo. Woo! Right now, Holy Spirit's moving among the earth. It's not just here. It's not just in Morgan Hill. It's not just in U.S. The Lord told the Holy Spirit is moving in the earth right now. Holy Spirit, you're moving in the earth. You're speaking. You're calling. You're empowering. You're healing. Woo! Blow wind of God. Blow wind of God. Blow wind of God. Some of you right now, your ministries have suffered. There's been provision in your ministries that have suffered. I don't know who this is for, but you have suffered in provision. And the Lord is saying to me, Ezekiel 37 over you, that you stand in those dry bones. And the Lord says, start prophesying. Quit agreeing. Quit agreeing with what you see and start prophesying to the dry bones that those bones shall live. Because out of the season where you feel like you've had lack, there's going to be a great army that's going to come out of it. Your ministry is going to be like a great army that's going to have great impact in your region right now. The discouraged minister, the discouraged pastor, the discouraged missionary, the person who's felt like, you know what, everything that I've touched hasn't had the fruitfulness. It feels like I'm, I'm cultivating, but there's no fruitfulness. Right now, we say abundant fruit come forth. Abundant fruit, fruit come forth. That now the reaper is going to overtake the one who sows. Come on. The reaper is going to overtake the one who sows. It's now a shift over you. A shift over you. A shift over your ministry. A shift over your life. A greater anointing. The oil of God is going to flow through you in greater anointing because it's a new season. May right now you feel the presence, the burning of the Holy Spirit in you. May you be like Elizabeth and Mary who had the Spirit of God jump in them and, and elizabeth was full of the spirit which he encountered mary because the word of the lord was in mary right now may you sense that in your spirit receive the word believe the word right now believe what he says do not be double-minded do not be filled with doubt as james says so that you're unable to receive but rather allow your faith to go forth to receive drink of his word right now feast on his word jesus said i am the living waters jesus said i am the bread of life feast on his word right now come on it's change time season change i feel this so strongly see the fact is this i just feel really strongly some of us are waiting 
for change to come in the physical realm. We're waiting for the pandemic to be over. We're waiting for things to change. That's not how it works, people. It's not how it worked in Elijah's day. It's not how it worked in Jesus' day. It's not how it works in 2020 or 21. It's the change starts in us. The change starts in the spirit realm. Elijah starts to move before the rain comes. He says, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Had the rain fell? No. But he heard it in the spirit realm. Come on, let us start moving. We're going to start moving and shaking things up. Because you know it's time. It's time. Jesus says the season has changed over us. Start believing. Start declaring. Start proclaiming. It's time. It's time. It's time for you. God is going to do miracles. God is going to do healings. God's going to do salvations. God's going to do bring households to Christ. God is going to turn households, households to Christ. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Come on, worship. Let's sing that song. Come on. More. Come on. What he said. Come on. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. He will come through. God will do what He said He yes. will do. He will stand by His word. Yes, he Lord. Will come through. What He said He would do. More, he Holy Spirit. by His word. He will come through. No weapon. So in scripture in Luke chapter 1, these two women, their relatives, Mary and Elizabeth. Elizabeth actually gets pregnant first. And if you remember the story, her husband, Zachariah, he's a priest. And he asks of God that his wife would have a baby, but he really doesn't believe it can happen. And God tells him that his wife's going to have a baby when he's in the inner courts making the sacrifice for the people. And so as a result, because of Zachariah's unbelief, God closes his mouth until Elizabeth will give birth. A little while after Zachariah leaves and Elizabeth is now pregnant. Mary and Elizabeth greet each other. And I'm going to read this to you because this is a powerful example of what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. These two women, you have an older woman who has been barren for years, who God miraculously allows to get pregnant, barren for years. And then you have a young teenager who has the immaculate conception, carrying the Messiah, carrying the Son of God. Both women, miraculous experiences with God, greet each other. Luke 1 verse 41, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, her baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered by him. And she exclaimed or declared loudly, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. 
And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? The mother of my Lord. See, she got it. She got it. She understood what was going on here. That Mary, this teenager, was the mother of the Lord. The mother of God. For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she. Look at this. Now this is where I want to encourage you right now. And blessed is she who believed. Mary, you're blessed. Because when the angel came to you and told you what was going to happen, you said, be it unto me according to your word. I'll believe it, Lord. Even though everything seems impossible, I believe your word over that of the world. And Elizabeth says, and blessed is she who believed and confidently trusted that there would be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her from the Lord. I want you to take on that very spirit that Mary had that says, Lord, I believe. I believe you do impossible things. I believe you can heal my body. I believe you can save my son. I believe you can provide and flourish for my business. I believe you can cause this ministry to have impact in this region. I believe. I believe. I believe. No matter how impossible it looks, Lord, I believe. I believe. Blessed is the one who believes. The Lord is saying all you have to do is believe. In the impossibility, this new season of wind of the Spirit of God is blowing. And your response, the Lord is asking for, is not works, but belief. Now, we do things that the Lord tells us to do in response to His Word. We obey His Word. See, our actions show forth our faith. As James tells us, we put action to our faith. It reveals our faith. But what the Lord is asking of us is to believe him. Come on, let's break off the cynicism. Let's break off the spirit of fear. Let's break off the spirit of worldliness. Let's break off the spirit of listening to the world. And let's listen to him. Blessed is she who believed and constantly and confidently trusted that there would be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her from the Lord. Right now, wherever you are, if you have somebody with you, and if you don't have somebody with you, I want you to text somebody, somebody that you frequently text, somebody that's a friend, a close enough spiritual friend to you, a person who is strong in the Lord. And I want you to share with them what is the Lord telling you about your new season what's the new thing that the lord wants to do in your life through your life in your family in your personal life in your ministry whatever in your business whatever it may be what is it you are in a new season the wind of god is blowing he is breathing into us a new breath a new season in our lives 
You say, well, look at, look at how messed up everything is. Look how the pandemic's worse than ever. Look at that. You know what? Get your eyes off the storm. Get your eyes off the winds and the waves. Focus them on Jesus. He says there's a new season. He says there's a new season and we're going to believe it. And as a result of our belief, he's going to teach us to walk on the water. What is it right now, wherever you're at, I want you to do that. I want you to share it with somebody because when you're doing that, when you're sharing it with somebody, you're doing what Elizabeth did. You're declaring you're, you're doing what, what Mary did after she encountered Elizabeth and the baby in her jumped and the baby and both of them jumped. Then Mary begins to prophesy. You see, after John the Baptist is born Zachariah's tongue is loose and he begins to prophesy later when Jesus is born the angels begin to declare who Jesus is we're going to start declaring what Jesus who Jesus is in our lives this is a new season John the Baptist when he saw Jesus he said behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world he declares Jesus declares who he is and Luke chapter 4, his mission. This is the year of Jubilee. I have come to set the prisoners free. Now you declare. Now you declare. Now you declare. Your new season. What is it? What is God going to do? Start declaring. And as you do, you crush the head of the serpent. Crush the head of the serpent. You see, when Mary... When Mary said, be it unto me according to your word, she crushed the head of the serpent. See, that's what Genesis chapter 3 tells us. You have a bruised heel, but the head of the serpent would be crushed. Jesus, when he died on the cross and was resurrected, he crushed the head of the serpent. You crush that head of the serpent. And it begins with believing what the word of the Lord has said in your life. I believe, Lord. I believe. Some of you need to say, I believe, Lord. Forgive me. Help my unbelief. Some of you need to rip the rooftop off of yourself and say new things new way you're going to do something a new way and you know what it's not if you're going to do it lord you're just telling me to ask how how am i going to do it so that i don't box you in rip off the roof the lord has a new thing for you i want you to declare it right now don't just sit there don't just listen. Don't think it's for somebody else. The Lord is sending his word to you right now. Right now. Right now. Lord, I say increase the faith of the hearers. And don't just be a hearer only, but be a doer of his word right now, Lord. We say increase. Increase over the ears to hear your word. To be a doer of the, your word. more Holy Spirit more Holy Spirit right now more Holy Spirit more Holy Spirit miraculous miraculous things miraculous things there are there are people many people 
who need babies in their wombs, just like Elizabeth needed baby in her womb, had prayed for a baby. May this be a miraculous season of babies. The doctors have told you, given you uh, a negative report, but this is going to be a season of miracles. The Lord is bringing us into a season, a greater season of miracles. He has introduced this season with the miracle of the Makai house and the miracle of raising the money for the Light Life Freedom Band. There has been miracles, personal miracles in the lives of people. This is a new season. The Lord has broken in as a God of miracles. And we're entering into a season of miracles. There's going to be miracles of babies. Miracles. Some of you listening, you say, you know what? I'm so lonely. And I've prayed it away. I've tried to pray away my loneliness. I said, Lord, have me be content as a single person. And the Lord does give people that contentment. But for you, you say, you know what? I have suffered because I don't ever, I have, the Lord has not given me that, that contentment. And the Lord is saying, you know what? There's going to be miraculous marriages coming forth. We're just going to declare it. Lord, listen, the Lord is a romantic God. He brought Isaac and Rebecca together. He can continue to bring people together. That's who he is. He is the God that makes sure. He says it's not good for man to be alone. And for those who are experiencing that, the Lord is saying, you know what? I want to bring somebody into your life. You're saying it's going to take a miracle. Well, guess what? The Lord cares about every need. Don't dismiss it. Don't dismiss that the Lord doesn't care about that need. He cares about you. He cares about you, mind, body, soul, and spirit. So we declare that over your life right now. No more loneliness. Those of you that God has a destiny for you, for a partner. I believe that. I prophesy God had to miraculously bring my husband to me. There's not too many men that would want to marry a woman like me. How do you like that? But my husband got the blessed experience of being married to me. And who God puts together, no man can tear apart. And the Lord has that for you. There's a season of miracles. Come on. Season of miracles. Season of miracles. Babies in wombs. Miraculous marriages. Healings of body, eradication of cancer, eradication of disease, eradication of addiction. Right now, more, 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 more Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit blow, Holy Spirit blow. Right now, Holy Spirit blow, Holy Spirit blow, Holy Spirit blow, Holy Spirit blow, Holy Spirit blow. Holy Spirit blow right now into the nations right now right now right now right now the fire of God blow 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 burn 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 blow and burn right now we believe what you say that you care about us Lord you care about us Lord more 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 He never lost a battle. He never lost a battle. Come on. He never lost a battle. And he won't lose your battle. He won't lose yours. You're not going to be the first one he loses. Come on. The enemy wants you to be convinced 
you're not going to lose this battle. He's going to be true. He's going to be true. He's going to be true. Lord, we receive your word. And Lord, we seal this word in your name. Amen. God bless you, Anthony. Come on down here. Crossroads. Uh, sorry, threw me off guard there. <laughs> Just called me out. Also, I'm used to the camera being right here, not in a different area. It's been a while. Uh, first, we want to just welcome all that are, are watching and all those that are watching for the first time. We thank you and uh, we welcome you. Um, our weekly newsletter goes out every Friday, um, so if you don't get one of those, if you don't receive one and you'd like to, uh, please send us an email. You can either do it through our Facebook page at uh, Crossroads Christian Center. Um, uh, through Facebook, you can send a, a private message, or if you happen to have, um, uh, through the website, you can get the pastor's email address, and you can send an email uh, that way. Um, but our newsletter has all of our uh, information of what's going on within the church, um, who we're supporting and, you know, uh, all the different uh, programs we we uh, work with. Uh, so I suggest uh, everybody get go ahead and sign up for that. Um, our Crossroads Connect is meeting, so we still are having our meetings. So we're um, our men's ministry, women's ministry and youth, kids ministry and life groups, they're all meeting, uh, all outdoors right now and uh, with social distancing and everything. Um, and we do encourage you to, to still uh, seek those out if you don't if you're not part of one of those groups, please do that. Um, they they are very uh, important uh, in your walk with the Lord. Um, I was sharing this morning that uh, my wife and I had missed uh, about two weeks uh, just due to uh, some safety precautions with COVID. So we were just quarantining ourselves. We were perfectly fine. Tests were negative and everything. Uh, but in those two weeks, um, you know, things start building up. Um, and I, I was telling the kids earlier, I'm not one of those uh, uh, online learners. I'm, I'm not, I can't focus that way. If it's not uh, taught directly to me by somebody, it's, it's very hard for me to, to retain anything and even get motivated to, to continue it. Um, so it's, it's pretty difficult that way. So those of you that are home and have to do the schooling through uh, online, uh, I feel for you because um, yeah, I can't learn that way. And I, I, even getting the word is hard for me to do so uh, online because, uh, you know, you want to be in the presence uh, at, at the facility. And they say, you know, God is within you. And that's true. Um, but for myself, I have to be in the physical presence. And, and it's very helpful. So the last two weeks have been a little difficult for myself um and i've definitely noticed a change i know my wife's noticed a little bit of a difference so uh, i'm glad to be back in the house of the lord um so uh, all that to say if you're not part of a, a ministry please get involved um, because they they are very helpful um also with our sermons if you happen to um miss a sermon uh, if you happen to um you know know somebody in need of a word um send those out you know they're online through um through apple Podcasts and uh spotify you can find them uh, if you find a word for somebody and, and and you remember oh there was you know 
Pastor Lynn spoke on this the other day, or, you know, this is a good word today for somebody. Send it out, you know, send it out and, and they'll, you know, appreciate it. They might not say they appreciate it, but trust me, it's appreciated. Um, end of the year giving. So the third... 31st of the month is the last day to give uh, and to be able to, I guess there's a special provision. Uh, I'm going to have to read this because I don't understand any of it. Uh, there's a special provision in the in the IRS code for charitable giving for 2020. Uh, so all donations must be made uh, by the end of the year. And um, I'm not going to try to explain it. I'm sorry. I just, I don't get it. So <laughs> sorry, Pastor, you might have to do that one. Um, our Daniel fast is coming up. So be prepared, January 10th through 31st, um, you know, and it's it's an important part of uh, setting up for the new year. Uh, you know, uh, pastors always say that, you know, the the thirst conference is uh, like a, a refill for the for the whole year, you know, to get you going, get you uh, a push into the new year to, to get going. And the Daniel fast is a major part of that. Um, uh, my wife and I have done it a, a couple of times. Uh, so we're excited. Um, and although we did just go grocery shopping, so uh, like I said earlier, we're going to have to do some major cooking within the next couple of weeks. So, because um, we stocked that freezer. So uh, I don't want the temptation there during the fast either, because I will take it. Uh, I love my desserts and I love my meats. So, uh, but again, that is all in preparation for the Thirst Conference, uh, which will be January 29th and 30th. Uh, so please be ready for that uh, because I am definitely ready. I'm waiting uh, and it's going to be a powerful move of God. Uh, yeah, Miracle Makers is, is what it's what we're calling it. That's the theme of it. So uh, be ready. Um, Crossroads, our missionaries, please keep all of our missionaries in prayer. Um, they do amazing work, whether it's, you know, here in the States, even here in our city or, you know, abroad. It, it's all important. Um, and it is. It's amazing what they do, and I'm not even going to attempt to say I know what they're doing because I do not. And, you know, I thank them for all that they do, all our missionaries out there. Um, this week, our Missionary of the Week is uh, Laurel and Kim Harvey uh, with Rural Compassion. Um, so uh, what they do is they, you know, encourage and they, they help smaller churches and they help them to um, to help the community around them. And we all know that, you know, our community is what what builds us up, you know. So our, uh, my and my wife's community of the church, is that's who we choose to have our community as. And, you know, they go out and they help around their neighborhood, around their, their surrounding area. They help get those churches out there. Um, not necessarily just to bring people to God. Of course, that's what we want. That is our mission is to bring, you know, followers to the Lord. Uh, but to also, you know, there's a need. There's a need everywhere. And, you know, we, we want, we're thankful for them that they're out, they're out there on the forefront, you know, uh, filling that need. So thank you very much. Um, well, because there's nobody here, um, I'm not going to, you know, take tithes and offering, but I am going to encourage all those uh, to, to remain faithful uh, in their tithing uh, because it is important. And, um, you know, the, the Lord has um, done a lot with uh, my wife and myself. And uh, like I said, the last two weeks have been very tough uh, for myself. Uh, uh, yesterday was not a good day for me. Um, we had some things go wrong within the last two days. Um, and, you know, our, 
my daughter left one of our car lights on and on Friday I went to try to go to the store and get some stuff done and would not work at all and then Saturday after my wife got home Saturday morning we we're gonna go do all of our you know family stuff go get our tree and do everything and flat tire which is the same tire that was flat a week before that I just got fixed and you know um, I, I blew up I lost it and you know I, I I'm it was not my best moment, and uh, my mom was message had just messaged me earlier, and she's like, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" And I said, "I'm losing my mind. I'm going crazy. I'm tired of just throwing money away for things, you know, like that I've just fixed." And she told me, she's like, "You know, I understand. It's hard. It's frustrating." She's all, "But you have to thank God for the the things you do have." She's all, "You may not be in the best situation right now, but be thankful and." You know, at that moment, it's like, I'm just like, okay, mom, whatever. You're just giving me mom things to say, to, that you're just telling me mom things. But, you know, after I calmed down and, you know, it, it was, I was thankful and, and, you know, God is faithful and we were able to get everything taken care of. You know, the, we jumped the, jump started the car and it, it was fine. The battery wasn't completely, you know, for a loss and the tire we were able to get fixed, um, very cheap. So it was, I thank God because, uh, and I apologize to my wife if I didn't already yesterday. <laughs> um, but, you know, be faithful because uh, he will be faithful in turn, you know. So that is all I have to say. Thank you so much. Thanks, Anthony. You know, you could be, uh, you should be really thankful because I talked to someone that was here for our outdoor service and they had their car stolen and they recovered it and then two weeks later it was stolen again so your flat tire and dead battery is nothing to worry about <laughs> hey I'm so glad to be back with you uh, Pastor Lynn and I we took a little uh, time off last week and we appreciate uh, Robert Kofelt filling in for us um, you know while we were gone we were talking about the the whole concept of the names of God and how it's really important for us to have different understandings of the different characteristics and qualities of God. And one of the things that we had talked about on our, our time while we were away was about how we are living in a culture, and, a, and it's just not an American culture, it's a global culture right now, where we have people that are called influencers. Influencers are people who have specific expertise or ability to explain uh, something. But some of these people have no expertise in anything, but yet we have thousands and thousands of people that follow them and, and hang on every word that they have. Uh, my wife and I, we had a chance to watch a documentary and it was talking about different people and how they were projected as people of expertise who wrote books on certain subject matter. Well, years after these books were published and made New York Times bestsellers list, they were found out to be books that these people didn't even write they had ghostwriters write them. The information wasn't even presented from the individuals who, pr who promoted their own books. And I, I thought to myself, that's why it's so important for us as people to have someone who is consistent, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that we could look at as someone that could influence us. So this morning I want to talk to you about the, the title. One of the titles is, uh, for God is, uh, is the name, The Everlasting Father. And it's really important for us, specifically as believers, 
to understand the importance of what it means to have a good father figure. You know, Scripture doesn't tell mothers not to exasperate their children. It tells fathers to not exasperate their children. And I, I tell you that because sometimes as, as a male, as a man, we tend to be very aggressive and very uh, forceful with our children. And God does not want that because what happens is if you have a distorted image of your, your earthly father, it will relate in how your children have a perspective of their heavenly father. So it's really important for us to grasp that as men. Let me talk specifically to us as men for a moment. It's really important for you to demonstrate who God is to your children in a, in a loving, caring, compassionate, and even if you're firm, in a firm manner. So this morning I want to talk to you about that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, I want to read that passage, and it's an interesting passage of Scripture. It says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Now it's amazing that the Word of God, 700 plus years before the birth of Jesus, would declare to us that there would be one who would be born as a child that would be the Everlasting Father. Now the concept of this word is really interesting because the understanding of who your Savior is, the understanding of who your Messiah is, the understanding of who Jesus Christ is, is foundational to understanding this passage. The prophet was prophesying, declaring forth something that was going to happen in the future, but he nailed it right on. Look at what he says. He says, for you're going to have a child. The son is going to be born to you. Now think about it. Those of you that have had children, you can hold your child in one hand. When my children were little, I remember putting their little bald heads in my hand and their bodies would reach up to my elbow. I remember when our, our son Chris was born, sorry Chris if you're listening, but when our son Chris was born, he, was, uh, he came out, he was precious, he was beautiful. He was mangled as my wife says. He came out and he looked like a cone head, but instead of the cone being up here, it was on the side. And I remember looking at him, and, and Lynn goes, he's so beautiful. But her eyes were like puffed shut from like the Rocky movies. And I'm, her father-in-law, my father-in-law looked at him and says, kids, he's ugly. You know, he's grown into his good looks uh, since then. But, you know, sometimes children are not the, the perfect representation of what we think is the Savior of the world. But yet the prophet saw this, and as a matter of fact, the prophet tells us, that he would be two words. He would be everlasting and father. Now those two words when they're put together are pretty powerful because father is the primary noun in the sentence. It's the, it's the noun that describes the, the, the sentence of who he is and the person of who God is. He is your father. But not only is he your father, but more importantly, he is your everlasting father. And literally, if you think of the eternity symbol, you all know it, it's the number eight on its side, it is without beginning and is without end. It literally talks to us about being in perpetuity. So what the Word of God declares to you and I is this, that our Father, our Heavenly Father, our Savior is without a beginning and without, without an end, and He will always be your Heavenly Father. 
Now, those of us that have had parents that maybe have passed away or maybe you're, you don't know who your, your biological father is, you have a heavenly father that will never leave you nor forsake you. As a matter of fact, Scripture says he is without beginning and without end. If you go to the New Testament, John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. Who is the Word? The Word is Jesus Christ. He is the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us. And Jesus is the Word of God that has become alive without beginning and without end. So when we look at this passage of Scripture, one of the things we have to look at as the prophet was declaring to a, a, a patriarchal system of family. He was speaking to a system of the family where the father was the ultimate authority. We may take it in the context of, in, in America, we think of who is the father of the nation? George Washington, our first president, right? And he was, he was a president who now we look at as the father of our nation. Well, in the biblical times, what they were talking about was not just a, a figurehead, but they were looking at someone that was the, the person that everyone descended from. So, you know, if you were raised in church, I wasn't, my wife was, but I uh, was a children's pastor once. I still have to apologize to those kids. Uh, I was not a very good children's pastor. I was a better college pastor or adult pastor. Uh, but I remember teaching kids Father Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, you know. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left. You had to go through all of it. You see, Scripture tells us that when we come into faith, we have been adopted into the family of God. So you may not know who your biological parents are, but you, that does not mean you're an orphan. You have been adopted in. Now, how many of you out there are Jewish? Raise your hands. We have one, one Jew celebrating Hanukkah with us today. But the rest of us have been adopted in to the family of God. So we can celebrate the goodness of our God. And when we look at it from a biblical perspective, the prophet Isaiah was telling us that God the Father is here to do several things to us. First, he's going to protect you. Your Father, your Heavenly Father will always protect you. Now, it may not come out the way you think it's going to come out. But he's never going to let a weapon formed against you prosper. Does that mean there's going to be no weapons formed against you? No. You will have things. Life is the guarantee you have in life is this. Life is going to be hard. But God is good. Always. You may not understand how God is good, but I'll tell you what. God always protects those that are his sons and daughters. And one of the things that God also does, he not only protects, but he provides for them. If you, if you don't understand the concept of provision, look back in our sermons we did. I can't even tell you how long ago. We did Jehovah Jireh, who is the God who is our provider. And God will always provide your needs. It may not provide your wants because maybe your wants aren't in alignment with the word. That's a whole nother sermon. But what God will always do, he will always provide for you. He provided while we were yet sinners, he provided Jesus who was from before eternity, because Scripture says, in the beginning was God. And then in, in, in the book of Genesis, it says, let us form man in our image, a plurality of God, the Elohim of God, the nature of God who is a, a triune God, presented before time, we were presented in the image of God. And from that point on, God has always been involved in our lives, whether we're aware of it or not. 
I don't know about you, but I remember coming to faith. I had no clue there was a God. The only time I would refer to God was when I was blaspheming his name. And I tell you, when I came to faith, I had that spiritual aha moment where all of a sudden all the pieces of the puzzle went into alignment where I could look at it and say, wow, I need to give my life to the Lord. And I tell you, before that time, he was protecting me. I remember growing up as a kid having a high school and an elementary school music teacher that just happened to be a pastor's wife that would teach us Bible stories uh, songs in school. Back then you could do that. Now you can't. But she would teach us scripture songs. And I remember people praying for me. And as I look back at my life, I see a progression of how God was moving me closer to the cross so that I would come uh, become his son. And I would be adopted into his family. And I'll tell you, when you're adopted into the family of God, it puts everything into a new perspective. Let me tell you, in the fullness of time, Scripture, the, as I said, the prophet Isaiah prophesied this over 700 years prior to the birth of Jesus. In our first service this morning, we had a children's video that was put together by our children's pastor, Pastor Sandy. Marvelous job. And it was it was like a comic book story of the, the birth of the Messiah. And as I was sitting through there thinking about my, my sermon, I was thinking how the kids got it right. They understood that at the fullness of time, God sent his son. And in the fullness of time, God will send his spirit to you, his son to you, to reveal his plan and purpose for you. The book of Galatians tells us in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, but when the, uh, the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. So Jesus was sent at the exact perfect time. And I'll tell you what, he never is late. He is never late. He may not be on your timetable, but he's never late. He's always on time. And one of the things that we have to look at when we look at our understanding of who our everlasting father is, is you have to understand the intimacy and the personal relationships he wants with each of us individually. If you turn over to the New Testament in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, this is a beautiful passage of scripture. And it, it tells us that he is first and foremost your Abba Father. Now that is, is, a, is, a, is a word that we don't usually use a lot in, a, in an American culture or whatever culture you're from, unless you're from an Israeli background, unless you're from a Jewish background. I remember the first time we went to Israel, we're walking through the old city and we're walking through on the cobblestones and a little boy reached up and grabbed an orange and it was on a stand, kind of like if you're old enough to remember Orange Julius, but they had all the oranges all stacked up. And this little boy reached over and grabbed a orange and turned to his father and said, Abba, which was cute. He was saying, Papa, Daddy. But what was even cuter was that when he pulled that orange out, every other orange on that whole display fell and rolled down the street. You know, Abba is a term of affection. It's a term that's really not translated well into the English language, but it basically means Papa or Daddy or Father. It's an affectionate term. Listen to what 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says. How great is the love of the Father that he has lavished on us. Wow, think about that. God lavishes his love on you. You know, this last week we were down in Morro Bay, and I was taking pictures, and there was huge surf uh, down in Morro Bay. I was out at the very end of Morro Rock. You can only go about maybe 20, 30 yards further, and there was a cliff face. And I was standing with my back up against the wall, up on a ledge about 10 feet in the air. And I was probably 
50, 60 feet back from the waves, and I had my camera, and I was videotaping, and all of a sudden, this one wave hit, and it was like, it went up in the air, and everyone's like, woo, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, and I turned my back and put my jacket over my camera because I didn't want it to get wet, and I just got soaked by this wave. I was overwhelmed. I was lavished upon by the wave. Let me tell you, God lavishes his grace upon you. He lavishes his mercy on you. He lavishes his loving kindness on you. And he says that, that we should be called children of God. You are a child of the Lord. You are created in image, in his image and likeness. When you were in your mother's womb, he wove and knit you together. All of your quirks, all of your uniquenesses, all of those things that drive your spouse crazy if you're married, all of those things that drive other people crazy about you, God wove those together in you. And he says this, and the reason the world does not know us is that they did not know him. You see, there's something in you. There's, there's the presence of the living God in you that people that don't know him, they just can't figure you out. What is it about you? Why is it when something horrible happens, you just say things like, praise the Lord or thank you, Jesus, or when something good happens, you always say, God is good. You know why? Because you have a revelation of whose image and likeness you're in. And scripture says this, look what he says in the middle of this passage. He says, and dear friends, now we are children of God and what we, I love this, and what we will be has not yet been made known. So really, we're not fully developed into who we are as the men and women of faith that God has called us to be. We're in a, a process. We're in a divine revelation of the understanding of who the Lord made us. And then he says this, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him and we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in them purifies themselves because he is pure. You see, as God's son or daughter, you, you don't realize who you've been adopted into. Yeah. Think about it. When you first came to faith, did you know everything the Lord was going to do in your life? No. When you came to faith, did you realize all the gifts he was going to pour it upon you? No. You, you had a, a slight, a sliver thickness of understanding of who God was and what he was going to do in your life. But you know what? He's like a, a giant sequoia, you know, 30, 35 feet wide. And you understand one sliver of who he is. And he says, I have so much I want to lavish on you. I don't know about you, but I like being lavished upon. Right. You know, I like when I go to India or I go to Nepal or I don't go to the Bangladesh and they bring out the chai. They give you these little tiny cups of chai and I tell them bada, which means bigger. I told my wife, I said, when we go to India next year, I'm going to bring a big old coffee mug, one of those like double gulps with a handle on it, you know, because I love my Indian chai masala. And I tell you, when they, we would go to the restaurant, we stay at the hotels and they always bring it and they serve it to you. Every time we go after the first day, the guy has big pots in the back going because I drink a ton of chai, you know. And I tell you, I want more poured on. I want more poured on. I want more poured on. I had so much poured on last time, they cut me off. Actually, they didn't cut me off. My wife cut me off. She said, honey, you've had way too much caffeine. But that was right after the Daniel fast. We went caffeine-free for 21 days, and then we went right to India. So I was like, I was like, get the caffeine in the system, you know. I want abundance poured upon me. And I tell you, that's the way God looks at us as his children. 
You have no understanding of the fullness of the mystery that is hidden for you in Christ Jesus. And what the Lord wants to do is he wants to pour out upon you all of his grace, all of his mercy, all of his loving kindness. You know, people look at you and they say, how do you get where you're at? You know what it is? By the grace of God. Tell you, I, I literally, I should not be here. When I was younger, right after I got out of high school, I had a, a man stick a pistol in my face and pull the trigger. That's why I look like this. No, only kidding. <laughs> but what happened is the, the gun jammed. It was before I came to Christ, but there was a small church that had been praying for me that I would come to Christ. And that was one of the pivotal things that I realized that if I died, I'd go straight to hell because I knew I wasn't right with the Lord. Even though I wasn't a, a person of, of faith at the time, I had an understanding that I was not living the way God intended me to live. And what God wants to do is he wants to pour out his faith upon you in such an abundant way that you could realize and come to an understanding of all of his goodness, of all of his mercy, of all of his loving kindness. And that's predicated on your understanding of him as your Abba, as your loving Papa, as your daddy who has the best intention for you. You know, when we had our children, they were small. I didn't look at them and say, you know what? I hope you don't become better than me because I'll be, I'll be threatened by that. I would look at my kids and I would tell them over and over, I want you to do way more than we did. I want, I want to give you opportunities I never had. I want you to do things that other people say that you can't do. I want you to believe that with God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can do all things. Because any good parent wants their children to do better than they did. And God the Father wants you as his son or daughter to do exceedingly abundantly above what you can imagine or ask. And that's why when we look at Scripture, we say that, that through God, all things are possible. Look at the, the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 14, verse 36. This is also where he refers to God as Abba. Listen to what he says. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible to you. Please remove this cup from me. However, not what I desire, but what you desire. You see, the Lord is, is talking here, and he's, the Lord is, is speaking, and he says, you know, remove this cup from me, Father. But if it's not your will, don't. Let me tell you, some of us have to stop asking God what he's not doing for us and start embracing what he's doing for us. Because God's got so much for us. He has so much there for us. And there's so many things he wants to do for us. But we're often saying, well, God didn't do this for me. You know, poor Anthony, God didn't jump. His, his battery was dead. But look at the bright side, Anthony. Your car wasn't stolen, you know. God didn't do this for so-and-so, or he did it for so-and-so, but he's not doing it for me. Maybe God's got something else in store for you. I tell people all the time, our church is different than every other church in the community. If it wasn't, we're not needed. There is a uniqueness that you have that God has instilled in you that is, is specifically coded in your DNA, both your physical and your spiritual DNA that makes you unique in the kingdom of God. And God wants you to embrace that and quit looking at trying to be like someone else. Quit looking at some influencer that you don't know trying to tell you how you should live your life, what you should buy, what you should wear, what you should look like. Let me tell you something. Most people... Are, are so insecure when they have to go to other people to tell them what they are. Find out who you are in Christ. Because when you know who you are in Christ, it will transform your thinking into having a heavenly mindset rather than an earthly mindset. Jesus goes on, and I love Scripture because he says he can do all things. Think about that. 
God can do all things. He can make all things possible to them that believe. Think about the power of that. If, if you would just, he, he says, Lord, just give me the ability to comprehend that. Look what he says in Mark chapter 10, verse 27. He says, with man, it is impossible. And you and yourself, you can't do it. Me and myself, I can't do it. But look what he says at the latter part of Mark chapter 10, verse 27. He says, but with God, all things are possible. You know what it comes down to? It comes down to our belief and trust in the Lord and His Word. It comes down to the belief and trust that you understand that there is a Heavenly Father who loved you and died for you while you were still in sin. He loved you enough to send His Son. From the foundation of the world, there was a plan that He made. He sent His Son to sacrifice. Now, I don't know about you, but none of you listening, not just those in the building, none of you listening online... None of you listening to the podcast are worth me sacrificing my son for you. But the Lord says, you're worth it. In the natural, you're not worth it. But in the spiritual, you are. And God wants to reveal himself because what it comes down to, it comes down to our trust and belief in him. When you believe him as your heavenly father, I remember as clear as it was yesterday, I remember as a young believer, I asked the Lord, Lord, never let me forget the wonder of salvation. Never let me take for granted that, oh, this is old had to me. Oh, I've known the Lord for years. I've had all this. I want a fresh everyday relationship with the Lord. I want it new every morning. And I want him to understand that I want that desire that to have an intimate relationship with my spiritual father. I want a spiritual relationship with my Abba father, the one that I have an intimate relationship that I could cry out to no matter what I'm going through, good, bad, or ugly. I could cry out to the Lord and he says, Hey David, I hear your voice. And you know what that comes down to? That comes down to you putting your trust and your belief in him. It also comes down to another thing. It comes down to you having an understanding that you are his adopted son or daughter. Now, the, the term adoption is, is a, actually it's a legal term. The term is used in Scripture. As a matter of fact, it's interesting. The term adoption is, is used five times in the New Testament, all by the Apostle Paul. Interesting fact. Who was Paul? Paul was a Jew who was converted, he was a Jewish rabbi, converted into Christianity, adopted into the faith. So he has every right and understanding to talk to us about it because he says, you know what? I was once foreign off. I had the bloodline, I had the education, I had all the heritage. I considered it all garbage to the surpassing knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You see, it's not your biological lineage that makes you important. It's not that you're a son or daughter of the American Revolution. It's not that you could trace your family tree back to, you know, Joe Smith in Arkansas. It's the fact that you are born as a son or daughter through the blood of Jesus Christ. You're forgiven of your sins, and you're now adopted into a larger family. You know what that means? When you bump into a Christian from another nation, when you're overseas or you're in a different place and you bump into someone, you have a brother or sister. You know? You're not alone. 
You're never alone as a believer because you have not just the believer, the body of believers around you, but you have the the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You have the presence of Jesus. You have God the Father on your side. All of those, the triune nature of who our God is never leaves you and and forsakes forsakes you. So you don't have to be lonely. You're never alone. You always have the presence of the Lord around you. And then the scripture says, and therefore we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Those who have gone on before us in the faith that, that encourage us to walk in our faith. When you're adopted in, it's a legal term. You may not like it. You may not like the fact that you're related to me spiritually. Too bad. We're going to spend eternity together. You know? Sorry. You may be a UCLA grad and someone else is a USC grad. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where your background is. It's where you're headed towards. And the Lord wants us to understand that he's taking us into a new dimension of understanding who we are in him. Listen to what the the book of Romans tells us. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading you to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which we cry out, Papa. Papa Jesus, Abba Father. What a beautiful thing. I mean, there's nothing more precious to a parent when they hear their little child say for the first time, Mama or Dada. You know, all of our kids called me first, I think, but in Lynn's view, it was all calling her first. You know, our ears are all attuned to hear something different, right? But I tell you what, we are adopted as the children of the Lord. And the Lord loves to hear your voice. He loves that because you have been grafted into his family. You have been bought with a a, a special, special price. And I I always love the fact that Christmas time, it doesn't matter what part of the world you're in. We used to live in India, and and India is a Hindu nation, and they would have Christmas decorations up, and they'd be singing Christmas carols in the malls, and they'd have all this. And I would love that because it, it opened up the opportunity to talk to people about the Lord. That it's not just the babe in the manger, but it's the man that died on the cross. And how those two events are so dy- dynamically connected. And not only are they dynamically connected, but the prophet Isaiah, 700 years before, declared that this child would be born and he would become our everlasting father, our prince of peace, the savior of the world. But yet you and I are related to him. We're brought into a relationship with him. We're brought in through adoption. That's why scripture tells us as a result of that, as being adopted, you're in a new bloodline. The bloodline that you used to live of sin is no longer has control over you. How do I know that? The word of God declares it over us. Listen to what it says. Paul, the apostle that was adopted in the faith, who was a persecutor and killer of Christians, was adopted in the faith and then says this to the church in Corinth, which was a pagan, pagan culture. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither will the sexually immoral or idolaters or adulterers nor male prostitutes or homosexual offenders nor thieves nor the greedy nor drunkards nor slanders nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Pretty all-inclusive, you know? And he says, and that's what some of you were. I mean, how many of you could raise your hand? You were in that category, you know? He says, but listen to this. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. 
So what the Lord is saying is, your past can be pretty messed up, but you've been washed. What have you been washed in? You've been washed in the precious blood of Jesus. The blood that flowed through the veins of that little baby was the same blood that flowed out of his veins when he was hanging on the cross. It's the same blood that washes us of our sins. The same blood that is represented through the communion elements of the cup. It's the same blood that's never lost any of its power. It's the same blood that is available to us no matter where we're at, even if you don't have communion elements with you. The blood of Jesus is present for you to cry cry out and say, Lord, cover me with your blood. Cover me with the precious blood of Jesus. Because that blood is what sets us into adoption with him. And not only does it set us into adoption with him, it pulls us out of the pit of sin that we were once in. That's what Psalmist says in the Psalm 40, verse 2. He says, you put me, you pulled me out of the slimy pit. You set my feet on rock. No longer am I unstable in what I do, but I have a firm foundation in Christ Jesus. Why? Because I have an everlasting Father that never changes. What does the New Testament say about Jesus? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I wish we could say that, but thankfully we can't. You know why? Because we're being transitioned into who we become. If you're the same person you were two years ago spiritually, you're not growing in your faith. Because it's the already but the not yet, as one theologian put it. You were already fully saved, but you're you're transitioning into who you should become. You're learning. The more time you spend with the Lord, the more you're learning about who He is and how He operates in your life. The more you become like Him, the more you become unlike what you used to be. And I'll tell you, some of us, we need to have a real body uh, transformation. You know, we need to go to the spiritual spa, not the physical spa, and take care of stuff. We got weird hairs growing out of our spiritual life that we need to pluck and have the Lord take care of. We need to have a spiritual facelift. Quit being so frowning all the time and start putting on the joy of the Lord. You know, we need to quit worrying about the outward look and start worrying about the inner look. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm wasting away every day. But I'm being transformed, being renewed also. Because though outwardly I'm wasting away, inwardly I'm being renewed, and spiritually I'm growing every day. And I want to challenge you. When you think of, you think of the babe in the manger, think of the man on the cross, and the power of his blood, and what it's done for you, and how it transforms you, and how it's continuing to transform you. Worship team, come on up. You know, and the beautiful thing about the everlasting Father is that he sent his son Jesus so that you and I can have a relationship with him. Isn't that amazing? Think about that. Someone that was so unworthy of it. Let me not speak to you because I know you're perfect. Me, I'm, I'm a sinner. I have been saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. I deserve to go in hell through the express line. I was on the fast track to, to go into hell. And I tell you what the Lord did. He, trained, he changed me. He transformed me. He, he set me free from sin. He transformed my thinking from the, the garbage into the, the palace. And he said, this is what I want you to do. And now I want you to walk in it. And he, he wrote on the back of me, follow me as I follow Christ. I have a bunch of t-shirts with that, and I purposely have it on the back side because I want people to walk in the footsteps that I walk in towards Jesus. I want them to look at David's life and say, man, if he could save that scumbag, he could save anybody. 
If he could fill that person with the Holy Spirit, he could fill me with the Holy Spirit. If he could set that person on fire for the things of the gospel, he could set me on fire. And I'll tell you what the Lord wants to do. He wants you to be able to cry out to him and give you the spirit of his son, the spirit of adoption, where if, uh, Galatians tells us in Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, we could cry out, Abba, Father. Lord, right now, I pray for those that are listening. That, Lord, they can have a boldness to come into your throne. They can have a boldness to come into who you are as the Heavenly Father. They can have a boldness to say, you know what? I'm covered with the blood of Jesus and these sins that so easily beset me, I'm going to throw down because the power of the Holy Spirit is going to flow through me. Lord, I thank you that you've adopted us. I thank you that some of us live horrible, disgusting lives. But, Lord, we've been washed. We've been set free. We've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Lord, right now I pray that, Lord, your Holy Spirit would just take these words and stir our hearts. Stir our hearts to you, God. Stir our hearts to have an understanding of how the babe in the manger became our everlasting father. The babe in the manger was the same one that was hung on the cross that died for our sins so that we could be set free, so that we could walk in boldness and authority as sons and daughters of the Most High God. And Father, I pray that the anointing of your spirit would flow through this word to us this morning. God, may our hearts be encouraged. May our minds be transformed. May our lives be changed, oh God, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Worship team, lead us. Miracles when you move. Such an easy thing for you to do. Your hand is moving right now. You are still showing up at the tomb of
feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, there's somebody watching right now. Maybe it's going to be delayed. You're going to come across this uh, video. And you're saying right now, but I'm too far gone. I've done too many bad things. I've been think- I've done things I'm ashamed of. I've done things in my life that are despicable. There's no way that I can turn around. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is telling you right now, you belong to me. You belong to me. Right now, the Holy Spirit's giving you a paternity test. He's saying, you know what? You, do, you haven't known who you were. You haven't known wh- what you're about. And so you've sought it out in many things. You've sought it out in the way that the world has tried to get you to think you are this or that. But the Holy Spirit is saying, you belong to the everlasting Father. And Jesus came and he paid with his precious blood. And the Lord loves you. If you want to know how much the Lord loves you, just look at how much he loves Jesus. How much God the Father loved Jesus. And God the Father was willing to give up Jesus for you. He loves you that much. And he has such power that whatever you've gone through, whatever you've done, whatever shameful things you've done, whatever guilt or shame that you have, he has such power through his precious blood that today he wants to make you new. He wants to make you fresh. He wants to make you whole. He wants to give you the great turnaround. He wants to give you his Holy Spirit in your life. This word is being sent. Right now there's warfare over you. The enemy doesn't want you to turn around because the enemy knows how powerful you will be when you get turned around and get filled with his Holy Spirit. He has sent you this word. You're not too far gone. The Holy Spirit's reading your mind right now. He's saying you're not too far gone for such a time as this. This is your divine appointment with your father. Your father, the everlasting father, the one who is going to be to you, Abba, daddy, the one who will provide for you, the one who will show you the way, the one that will show you the meaning of your life, the one that will use your life for great things for him right now. And I just want to pray over you. Receive him today. Right now, wherever you are at, in your apartment, in your dormitory, in your house, in your car, wherever you're at right now, Holy Spirit, flood that place. We just pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, flood that place. Holy Spirit, flood that place. You know what? You've been feeling depressed. You may even have felt a bit suicidal. And the Holy Spirit right now is going to flood your place, wherever you're at, your environment right now. The Holy Spirit's flooding you right now, right now, right now. And the Holy Spirit's causing with his great flood of his presence to cause all the gunk, all the garbage, all the depression, all the thoughts of suicide, all the anxious thoughts to be released, to flow out, to go, to leave you in Jesus name and life, life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life abundantly more than enough overflowing, overflowing Lord from the top of this person's head more than one person to the bottom of their feet lord flood them with your presence right now just receive christ 
believe his work. Say, Jesus, I receive you as my personal savior. Forgive me of my sins. I give you my life right now. Just say those words. And instantly, 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 he has become your father. He's been waiting for you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. You may say, well, my mother was a pretty bad brat. And it says, no, the Lord says, I knit you together in your mother's womb. I have made you. I have made you and I have a purpose in all the things that you've gone through. The Lord says, guess what? I'm going to turn them around. I'm going to turn around those things that were meant for harm in your life. All the abusers, those things that happened to you, you didn't understand. Those things that happened to you that you were alone. Those things that are happened to you as a child. I'm going to turn it around. And I'm going to say, you know what? Those things that the enemy meant to destroy you, to depress you, to cause you to be a suicidal right now. I am turning those things around for my glory you are a new creation right now you are a new creation and I'm going to turn those things I'm going to send my healing power my life giving power right now to you and I'll show you how I'm going to turn those things around in your life and I'm going to use those things to make you powerful, a powerful testimony, a powerful person, a person that helps other people as a result. Lord, right now, we say, Father, infiltrate right now. Lord, cause your Holy Spirit to saturate that place, that person right now, wherever you are, right now, wherever you are. The Lord says, some of you, the Lord says, I am your provider. See, the everlasting Father, he never fails to provide. But in your mind, you have said, in your mind, the Lord has not provided for me. Actually, in Psalm 78, it speaks how Israel would accuse God of not providing for them. And the Lord says, I have provided for you and I will continue. I will bring water from the rock. I will bring manna from heaven. He is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. And the fact is this, the Lord says, the enemy wants you to believe that God will not provide for you. But the Lord says, I am the one who is the more than enough provider i can bring water from rocks and i can bring manna from heaven and i will provide everything that you need wherever you are whatever you're going through whatever nation you may be in the lord is saying see he doesn't just say oh i i just provide to the 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 nations that have plenty no the lord provides to every nation to every believer it doesn't matter what nation you're from what circumstance what caste you're from what economics system you're a a part of the fact is this he is your provider and he's going to provide for you because his word is true he provided for his children in the wilderness he will provide for you lord we say right now we declare the provision of god Lord, just as you told Abraham, when you declared yourself to Abraham to be Jehovah Jireh, you told Abraham, now, Abraham, look, 
look and Abraham saw the ram and the thicket the Lord says I will show you where to look for the provision that I have because it's not if I will provide it's how I'll provide the Lord says I will provide for you I am your everlasting father right now Lord I say faiths well up in people to look for your provision Lord, that they would look, listen to your voice and look for your provision because Lord, you are the everlasting father that provides. There are some of you, the Lord just wants to break off the spirit of fear that causes you to have poverty spirit that says that causes you to speak forth words that say God does not provide. That is a poverty spirit. That's an agreement with the enemy who kills, steals and destroys. But you have the everlasting father who is Jehovah Jireh that will provide for you. Finally, the Lord is saying, I am your protector. There has been a spirit of fear that's been unleashed in this earth, not just in America, but in this earth. And there has been anxieties and fears and paralyzing fears. And the Lord says, I break the spirit of fear. The Lord says, I am your Abba Father. I protect you. And I have not given to you a spirit of fear. For I have not given to you a spirit of fear. Second Timothy 1.7 For I have not given to you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. The Lord says, I break off the spirit of fear. You receive your Abba Father. Say, Lord, I'm feeling afraid right now. The Lord cradles you in his love right now. He rocks you. He rock, In your fear, he says, that fear has to go. In my presence, there is no fear. In my presence, there's no fear. I rock you. I cradle you. I cradle you. For I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. You have peace of mind. You have a self-discipline in you. You are not going crazy you're not all anxious you're not all paralyzed no i'm cradling you in my love because i'm abba i'm abba i'm abba right now receive his protection walk in his ways receive the word of the lord lord we thank you father because no weapon formed against us shall prosper we thank you lord because you're abba father we thank you that you're everlasting it's for perpetuity it goes on and on your presence in our lives on the identity that you have given to us the inheritance that you have given to us goes on and on and on and on and on and on when we face a battle you give us victory it goes on and on and on and on no matter what mountain that we have to climb you say speak to the mountain and that it would be made low and lord your love your compassion your goodness your joy your shalom for your children goes on and on and on and on receive your everlasting father receive the goodness of your everlasting father don't let the enemy try to convince you your everlasting father is not good he is not neglectful he will not neglect you he will not abuse you he is good he is good he is loving he is true he is faithful he provides he protects receive receive lord we just receive lord your goodness we receive 
your intimate relationship. Lord, that at every cry, that at every whisper you hear, you bend your ear. Lord, when we are asleep and when you we awaken, you are ready. You are looking at us. You are watchful. You are looking. You are watching for us, Lord. You welcome us. When we open up our eyes in the morning, you welcome us. You're waiting for us to get up so that we can commune with you. Lord, you're good. Everlasting Father, Lord, bring the revelation of the goodness of the everlasting Father into the lives of those who are listening. Right now, bring the revelation, revelation of the goodness of the everlasting Father to those who are listening right now. You're good. You're good. You're good. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the reality of who you are. In your precious name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for, for listening today. I want to just mention one thing. Tune in for the Thirst Conference in January 29th and 30th. Friday night and Saturday. We will have it on here on campus, even if we meet outside. But we're hoping that by then the, the restrictions will lift and we'll be able to be here. It's free. The theme is Miracle Maker. After this uh, astounding year of 220, I know, I have, I know God is going to show up in powerful ways. He put in the seed of the word that I am the miracle maker. So we're going to expect miracles. We're coming into a season of miracles. We've already had miracles happen over this house, both privately and publicly. And there's going to be more. God is bringing us into a new season. And I know in 2021, as we... Uh, come in through the Daniel fast. I invite you, even if you don't attend our church or you may be a part of the, another church or a part of the, a, a ministry in another part of this world. I invite you to participate in the Daniel fast in January to prepare for the great thing God is going to do and, and be a, a part of, even if it's online, the January 29th and 30th time, God is going to show up powerfully. We're expecting him. He has spoken at his word. We believe his word. God bless you. Have a great day. You can do battle